In the days before I was received into the Catholic Church, I was studying and preparing for ordination in the Anglican Communion. One particular evening, I met with my pastor for some spiritual direction. He had me take a brief personality inventory that was designed to match up personality types with likely besetting sins. I'll reveal my result coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio, RelevantRadio.com, and of course, the Relevant Radio app. Thank you for tuning in for this hour of spiritual direction. My name is Patrick Conley. As I said, I was meeting with my Anglican pastor, and he had given me this personality inventory that was supposed to help recognize, based on my personality type, where I might find myself most tempted or what sin in particular might be especially prevalent in leading me astray. After calculating my results, he turned to me and announced in a fantastic British accent, as he is, in fact, British, sloth. He paused to let it sink in. And my mind instantly reeled, doing a quick mental search through my life experiences to see whether or not this was a fair assessment. And I had to admit... There were times when I was sluggish toward or even somewhat opposed to receiving and participating in the divine good and the very life of God, when my zeal was not just lagging, but it seemed absent. But I also need to admit that I'm perhaps not as familiar with sloth, or as we Americans tend to say, sloth, as I should be. It's important to be aware of the nature of these deadly sins so as to guard against them. Hence, our show today is on sloth and acedia, recognizing what they are, how they tempt you away from God, and how to fight against them in your spiritual life. Joining us as our spiritual director today is Father Rob Kroll. Father Kroll is a Jesuit priest and the director of spiritual formation at St. Francis de Sales Seminary in Milwaukee. Hello, Father. Thanks for being on the show today. Well, great to be with you guys today. Um, And I think we've hit on a very important topic, uh, as you mentioned in the opening story because uh sloth or acedia uh, i think is often misunderstood and and uh maybe narrowed to just mere laziness so i look forward to being able to explore the uh one of the deadly sins today with you absolutely yes and uh i'm i'm grateful that you're here to explain more to me and to all of us about this these important topics too so we can like you said fight against them and actually uh, make sure that they don't tear us away from our pursuit after the divine good, after participation in the life of God. So let's start just with definitions here, Father, because, um, you know, I, I frequently hear sloth as, uh, you know, listed in the in the list of deadly sins, um, but I don't know if we understand it that well. So what are sloth and acedia, and, and how do they, are they the same? And uh, yeah, what are we talking about here? Sure. Well, uh, maybe we can start with the catechism. That's always a good place to start. And Absolutely. it defines uh, acedia or spiritual sloth or sloth um, as really refusing the joy that comes from God and to be repelled by divine goodness. Now, that sounds maybe a little uh, abstract, but um, basically, I think what this deadly sin comes down to is that we lose sight of God's goodness. We lose sight of our vocation to be sons and daughters of God, to be friends and disciples of Jesus. And so rather than living 
a life of joyful discipleship and of real gratitude for God's goodness to us and for the call each day to live a, a holy and healthy Christian life, we, we get distracted um, and we may feel that uh, this vocation or this call to be God's friends and God's followers, that it's too difficult, it's um, maybe too much work, too much effort. And so sloth or acedia is a way for us to kind of um, kind of uh, distract ourselves from the, the work that's involved in being uh, a joyful follower of Christ. And so we can explore various forms that that can take. But the, the, the essence of it, if I can maybe look now to uh, the angelic doctor, St. Thomas Aquinas, always a good source as well. And sure. he, says, uh, he says in the Summa that sloth is sluggishness of the mind, which uh, neglects to begin good. It is evil in its, in its effect. It is, sorry, let me try that again. It is evil in its effect if it so oppresses man as to draw him away entirely from good deeds. So we know that to live a, a Catholic life, a good Christian life, that that, that is going to require effort, that we have to um, be faithful to certain duties and tasks, things like daily prayer, uh, regular Mass, regular confessions, so the sacraments, uh, maybe making a retreat on occasion. And what can happen is that um, we get distracted by a very frenetic and secular culture, for example, um, and we just don't want to invest. We we find that maybe it's too difficult for us to do the necessary work in order to remain, uh, well, to become the saints, really, that God created us to be. So, so the calling is is high. God sets the the bar high for us, and uh, and sometimes you know we're just. Um, kind of listless and uh, discouraged maybe by the effort involved or by our seeming lack of progress. And so, so sloth or acedia, it's, it's a bit insidious because it, it usually, you know, there's that story about, uh, boy, isn't it about um, boiling the frog by slowly yeah. increasing yeah, the right. temperature? Yeah. So sloth is kind of one of those sins where it kind of creeps in. And I think over mm -hmm. a period of weeks and months, we find ourselves kind of drifting from God and kind of drifting from our Catholic life. And then suddenly, wow, you know, we're really kind of in trouble and, and we wake up to it, we hope. But uh, anyway, so that's kind of an initial uh, approach to this to this deadly sin. So, Father, how would you, you, you mentioned at the outset that there may be some distinctions to draw, um, but I'm, it sounds to me like there's mm -hmm. some, some uh, comparison there, too, between mm -hmm. sloth and laziness. So, I mean, mm -hmm. is laziness a factor in this? Is it, is it different kind of a spiritual laziness? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say from, from what I've gleaned in my own reading on this sin that, um, that sloth or acedia can take the form of a certain laziness, meaning that I just am uh, neglecting certain practices, as, as I've already mentioned. But it's much broader than that. First of all, it can manifest itself actually in a workaholism. So you might think about huh. somebody in our culture who uh, works you know, way too many hours, spends too much time at the office, and in doing so, neglects his or her spiritual life. And if, if this is a man or woman who is married and has children might neglect, uh, their family life, uh, certain key friendships. So 
you know, a, a workaholic is is kind of the opposite of, of of the typical stereotypical lazy person who lays around on the right. couch and eats potato chips all day. But it can be a form of acedia because um, I can distract myself through any number of things, including work. So I think the essence of slow through acedia is that I I know that I have this relationship with God that needs to be nurtured, and I know that any healthy, holy relationship with God requires a certain, um, like moral life and, 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 you know, avoiding certain sins and, and, and rebuking and standing up to certain temptations. And, and I'm just basically not interested in, in the work and the effort involved. And so I just kind of distract myself. Um, so that's more, I think the essence. And then also the classic, by the way, it was kind of a, uh, the early fathers of the church and, and especially certain monks, um, that lived um, in monasteries in like the second to fifth centuries. They're, they're the ones that kind of came up with the deadly sins, and they did a lot of reflection on sloth. And, um, you know, they realized that uh, sloth also is often accompanied by a certain, almost like depression. Uh, we get kind of listless. We get kind of apathetic. That's why it was also called the noonday devil. It's yeah. just sort of like, you know, in the heat of the day, I just want to, I just want to take a break, you know, including a break from my spiritual life. And I just kind of want to be lazy when it comes to it. So, but, but there's a, there's a, often an emotional or affective residue, which is, I, I just get kind of blah and, and kind of um, discouraged in my spiritual mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And it sounds to me as if there's maybe a good analogy to be drawn here between say, keeping ourselves physically healthy uh, and the things that we need to do in order to maintain that, you know, eating right, exercising, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But and this kind of keeping ourselves spiritually healthy as well that uh, I know, I mean, speaking on my own part, um, yeah. certainly like then the physical things. And yeah, I could I could go to the gym and work out today. Oh, but man, it's, you know, that would involve all these other things. And I mean, I can definitely see it manifesting there. Is there is that yeah. an apt analogy, Father? I think, Josh, I think that's really good. Yeah, I think that's a very good analogy. Um, yeah, we probably all had that experience where we know that we should uh, get to the gym and then we should also avoid eating, you know, that second dessert or whatever. But but in the moment, you know, we just kind of give in and, and there's a certain listlessness there. And, um, you know, it's funny because our culture is so frenetic and our culture is so hyper- active. I mean, think about, you know, uh, how many moments in in a day do we really find ourselves able to be still and quiet, you know? So there's this hyper stimulation in our culture. And I think even those of us that are serious Catholics, we get infected by that. And so that means that when it comes time to just being still, still in our prayer chair, when it, when it's just a matter of um, going to adoration for an hour, we get kind of bored. You know, we find that if we're not titillated all the time, uh, it's boring and, and not very attractive. You know, I can even think about, you know, I go occasionally now to like a, a Milwaukee Bucks game or something. And, um, you know, in, in, when I was a kid, there weren't all these like lights and sound and all these explosions. And now, yeah. now it's like they have to go over the top to try to entertain the fans. And it's almost like, yeah, we just can't, if we don't have some device that we're looking at or some music that we're listening to, you know, even driving, you know, how often do we just keep the radio off and just pray? Um, so there, therefore, you know, the effort to pray and to be still and to really listen to God's, that still small voice that we hear about in 1 Kings 19, like that, that becomes boring. 
And uh, so, uh, yeah, our culture doesn't help us in terms of acedia. Yeah, I, I completely understand what you're saying there, Father, and that's so true, at least in what I'm observing and in my experience, that we seem to live in a culture of distraction. Like, that seems to be yeah. the norm, right? We are, we are normally, if we're not being entertained, if we're not being distracted, um, quite quite realistically and quite probably from the important things of life, then it almost seems like, well, then, you know, we got to go, we got to go seek it out. Yep. We got to seek out distraction. Would you agree with that? Uh, Patrick, I think you're absolutely, I think you're right on target there. You know that, yes, we have to always be in motion as it were, and we always have to have some, uh, something activating our, our imagination and, and our, yeah. So I, I think, you know, we live in a time where it's much more difficult to be, um, you know, the men and women of prayer and, and, and contemplation that God wants us to be. And I think about how it wasn't all that long ago that the vast majority of people were, you know, farmers. They lived on, on farms and their life had a certain rhythm, a certain contemplative rhythm. They lived close to the land. And now most of us live in large, noisy, um, active cities. And we're just kind of running around all the time. And so I think um, that that makes it difficult for us when it comes time to uh, to just be. You know, we, we tend to measure us, ourselves, I think, a lot by what we do yeah. and, our, you know, and what we accomplish. And, and certainly in our culture, again, I think um, there's a big emphasis put on work and on achieving. And so um, to just be still and know that I am God, Psalm 4610, you know, that that's a real challenge and it doesn't feel productive. And so we're tempted to just, um, yeah, distract ourselves. Like you said, so. speaking about sloth and acedia today here on the program, do you, uh, ever find yourself sorrowful about spiritual things? Do you experience a lack of desire to pray, a lack of desire to go to mass and, or maybe you were slothful for a while and you were able to overcome that vice. How did you do it? What did you do? Maybe you have questions about how you can confront sloth, confront acedia in your life right now. Give us a call. Join the conversation. Love to have you on the air. 888-914-9149 is our phone number, our studio line again, 888-914-9149. Or if you'd prefer to send us an email, you can always do that at innerlife@relevantradio.com. Father, just thinking through some maybe some scriptural bases for some of this, um, and uh, I mean, I, does does the does the story of Mary and Martha have anything to offer in this? I mean, I, I want to be careful because, as as my wife frequently reminds me, Martha is still a saint. <laughs> She's still mm-hmm. a saint. But is there something in that that little story, that little pericope there, that you know specifically is kind of telling us, okay, there is a distraction even in the workaholism, like you mentioned. I think so, Patrick. That's that's a good story to kind of bring to our attention because, um, you know, Mary is able to sit peacefully and contemplatively at the feet of Jesus, and, and in that moment, she's really receiving from him her identity as a disciple and as a beloved daughter of the Father, and, and that will allow her, whenever she does get up off off of the floor and begin to live her daily life, she'll approach that with a, a centeredness and a peacefulness and a certain contemplative attitude that, at least in this particular moment, Martha is lacking. So the problem is not that Martha is serving and that Mary is recollected, but that uh, Martha, you know, is not performing her 
work or her daily duty with a sense of um, that that peacefulness and that being rooted in the relationship or friendship with Jesus Christ. So, um, you know, we, we can, I mean, Mary uh, could have been very restless sitting at the feet of Jesus too, and she could have been very distracted, but she wasn't. And Martha could have gone about her serving while listening to Jesus and kind of um, letting her work uh, be her prayer too. And she wasn't able to do that. So I think for us, you know, an important lesson is that, um, you know, we're not, we're not just uh, attentive to the voice of God when we're in formal prayer, but, you know, as we go throughout our day, we want to be kind of aware of the Holy Spirit's presence and kind of uh, encouragement and uh, that God often whispers to us through the people and activities of the day. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, acedia, um, is something we need to combat, not just like when we're tempted not to pray, but, but when we're tempted to, uh, run around kind of like the proverbial, uh, chicken with its head cut off and just kind of immerse ourselves in, in kind of mindless activity as opposed to being, uh, you know, recollected and offering whatever we're doing for for God and finding God within it. Yeah, so. it's, a, it's a great point, and it harkens back to a conversation we had yesterday on the program about, for instance, Mother Teresa, who would mm-hmm. not go about her many, many, many daily chores and tasks that uh, the Lord had given her um, without mm-hmm. first spending a holy hour in time with the Lord, and that that was so right. foundationally mm-hmm. important. She saw that, and as should we. We're talking about sloth and acedia here on the program today. If you have, you find yourself sorrowful about spiritual things, and it's really, you find it a real task to get uh, even the motivation uh, up to go to Mass, to um, pray, to be part of the sacraments as well. Maybe you have a question about that, or if you have overcome that in your life, you did wrestle with that, but the Lord has delivered you from that in some particular way. We'd love to hear from you. 888-914-9149 is our studio line, 888-914-9149. When we come back from the short break, I want to get into a little bit more about what exactly, how how does this get into our lives to begin with? How do we allow it in? And then how do we uh, fight against that? How do we keep it out of our spiritual lives? All that and more coming up with our spiritual director, Father Rob Kroll, here on The Inner Life right after this short break. Stay with us. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, invites you to check out The Quest, a five-episode video series on discovering our purpose and living it with courage. Start watching The Quest for free at relevantradio.com slash quest. Sitting in the morning sun I'll be sitting when the evening comes Watching the ships roll in Then I'll watch them roll away again Yeah Sitting on the dock of the oh, singing Otis. That's right. He's taking some time. He's taking some time to uh, to be hopefully silent in the presence of God as he's singing that song. And uh, today we're talking about sloth and acedia here on the program. Uh, this sort of spiritual sluggishness, this distractedness, this laziness towards spiritual things. And uh, if you have a particular experience that you have uh, with that, if you have questions about it, then give us a call, 888-914-9149. Our spiritual director today, Father Rob Kroll, Jesuit priest and director of spiritual formation at St. Francis de Sales Seminary in Milwaukee. 
And Father, I think one of the things uh, next that I'd like to really kind of focus on, I mean, it seems like when we're talking about uh, distraction or boredom or that sort of thing, that, that it's almost like there's a tendency anyway to to call it a, something that happens to us, that we have a rather passive role in that, that uh, if we're bored, then it's the fault of either the whatever culture that we're you know finding ourselves in, students being bored at school, well, it's the teacher's fault, uh, maybe us being bored at home at night because well, there's nothing good on TV or you know that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But it sounds to me like, if, especially for this to be actually a sin, then there has to be something that we do to kind of facilitate that, to pave the road, as it were, for Sloth or Asidia to creep in, as you said before. Yeah, and maybe what we should say, Patrick, is is I think sloth is really a sin of omission because it's uh, failing to do the good that we should be doing in order to allow God to save us, basically. I mean, like, um, it's an avoidance of doing the hard work that the spiritual life entails. Now, obviously, the spiritual life is meant to bring great joy and peace, and it does when it's lived well. But we know, given that we're fallen and we live in a fallen world, we know that the spiritual life also is demanding. Like any life, like any you know any aspect of our life, you were referencing earlier, you know, having to get to the gym and and eat better and do all that so that our bodies are healthy. Or uh, you know, uh, somebody uh, has to you know go to work every day even if they don't feel like it because they need to be able to provide for their family. And so our life is filled with you know, certain duties and responsibilities that we know are good for us, but we still struggle to accomplish because something else seems easier and more pleasurable and so forth. So, you know, I think, yeah, I would say just like anger, like the deadly sin of anger, it doesn't mean that every time we are angry, we're sinning. I mean, Jesus got angry and there are times when we should get angry, like in a in the face of great injustice and so forth. What makes anger a sin is when we stoke it, when it's disproportionate to the situation, when we lash out in uncharitable deeds and words and so forth. And I would say the same is true of like acedia. If I notice that on a given day I'm feeling spiritually listless, apathetic, um, bored, like that feeling isn't necessarily a sin. In fact, it it can provide then an opportunity for us to exercise virtue by saying, okay, on this Sunday, I don't, I'd rather watch the Packer game than go to mass, but I'm going to go to mass because I know that, you know, it's objectively good for my soul. Yeah. Uh, today, this morning, I'd rather hit the snooze and not get out of bed and pray, but I'm going to get my feet on the floor and get on my knees next to my bed and I'm going to do my, my morning prayer. So it's choosing the good when when we don't feel necessarily motivated to do it. And again, yeah. we, we do this all the time in other areas of our life. So, yeah. you know, I, yeah. Okay. That's that's good, Father. I like that, although you're hitting kind of close to home with the Packer reference there. So just <laughs> be a little okay. bit careful there. All right, all right so all right. let's take a phone call. Sue is calling in from Cave Creek, Arizona. Sue, welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for calling in. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Um, so I have a question on deliverance, you know, when you're, when you commit a mortal sin and it's deliberate, it's definitely a mortal sin, right? Like you don't go to mass, you don't want to, whatever. So when I say my rosary, I got into the habit of doing some cross stitching. And when I do my cross stitch, it's, it's a thoughtless thing. You don't even have to think to do it. I, I listen to my, um, 
my iPad and I get the Bible in the year lessons. And then sometimes I'll listen to Revelant Radio and I'll do my rosary or my divine mercy. So, but never ever do I have the intention that I'm going to do this and, and that at the same time because, you know, I can't sit still. I just, I, I don't see where that's such a big deal. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so just to make sure, Sue, that I'm understanding what you're saying, like, because um, you started by talking about doing cross-stitching while you might be listening to uh, the radio or something, but then you were talking about praying the rosary, right? Is while well, you're I'm, also. I'm talking, I was talking about, um, <clears throat> I'll listen to my iPad and I'll listen to the um, lessons on the Bible in a year. Right, right. But I'm cross Father Mike Schmitz. And I'll do the, right, and I'll do the same thing with my rosary and my divine mercy. And even when I do like the altar cloth, um, once a month with my church, I I put on my rosary on my iPad, and I might go through three or four rosaries. So mm-hmm. I don't see how I'm committing this in. Well, I'm not sure you are. I mean, if if uh, if you're doing kind of a mindless task, if I can put it that way, like you know, like the cross stitching or the ironing, if you're doing some task and at the same time you're praying, whether that's just praying, you know, with your own thoughts or whether you're listening and praying with the rosary, the mysteries of the rosary, that to me sounds very fine. Um, so I, I, I guess I'm not sure that always, quote unquote, double tasking is a sin, uh, especially if you're, I, I think it's wonderful, actually, that you kind of are trying to bring in prayer in an, in an explicit way while you're doing some other task that if you weren't listening to the Bible in the year, or you weren't listening to the rosary, you would just maybe be uh, either not thinking about anything at all, or maybe you'd have a lot of distracting, kind of mundane, worldly thoughts. So trying to kind of like, it's almost like you're putting that leaven into the bread. You know, the bread is just this activity of uh, ironing or cross-stitching, whatever, and you're trying to leaven it with prayer. That, That to me sounds very holy, so... Far from being sinful, I think that's a virtuous thing. The the only thing I would caution against is whether some activity that we're doing takes us away from prayer and makes it very difficult to pray. So, for example, for myself, I I often take a a walk along the lake on these beautiful summer and autumn days, and I'll, I'll pray the rosary as I walk. But if I try to pray the rosary while I drive, you know, I, I find that I'm less able to stay focused on the mysteries and be attentive. So that doesn't mean I should never pray the rosary when I drive, but it just might not be as uh, effective or fruitful, maybe if I yeah. put it that way. So I, I don't think it's sinful, but I have to be careful when I when I do the rosary. Right. That's a, that's a great point, and that's, that's where I, what was going through my mind. Sue, thanks for the call. And I think Sue's call really does, um, it brings to my mind, Father, exactly what you were just getting at, that Yes, we can, as you put it, leaven some of our daily activities with prayer, and that's a good and holy thing. But at the same time, if it, <laughs> we can over-leaven in the sense of uh, we can um, just make it so that there is, you know, we don't really ever have a time that is set right. apart for, for simply prayer and focus on, on the divine presence, yeah? That's right. Like, if I can use another concrete example, as a religious sure. and a priest, I'm... Uh, I'm 
committed to praying certain hours of the breviary every day. Now, if I'm if every hour of the breviary I'm doing it while I'm doing some other activity, which actually is distracting me from doing the breviary well, then then that's kind of a cop out. And so that's different than I think what you know what we were saying before with Sue and she's she's kind of able to pray with the rosary because at that moment all, she's just kind of ironing and it and it doesn't really distract her. So I think we just have to be aware that our primary, when we're praying, we just need to make sure that we're focused and recollected enough and attentive enough that, that we're actually praying and not just moving our lips, but, but yeah. that our heart and our mind are kind of being uh, fruitfully engaged, you know. Right, so. right. Yeah, very good. Uh, I appreciate that, Father. Thank you for that. Let's go now to Kyle calling in from Savage, Minnesota. Kyle, welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for calling. Yeah, thank you. Um, good morning. Um, so kind of two comments. One, I hope what I'm going to share may not lead me uh, or be an example of just going to the opposite end of Acedia. And if there's if there is such a sin as being too active or um, too involved, um, hopefully this that's not the case. But so I'm a, I'm a husband and a father of two young boys. And um, I've kind of, now at this point in my life, kind of trained myself to get up um, and, and, and help when it's needed. So for example, when my, my, my boys are six and nine, but when they're really young babies and toddlers, I kind of force myself to, you know, to get down to the ground, um, be with them. And then now that they're older, being actively involved with them, um, whenever, uh, the house needs to be taken care of, um, always getting up and, and making sure that that's taken care of or someone needs help. I, I get up and I go. Um, so, and these are times where perhaps I'd rather sit and just relax. So I, I, I kind of, I take those moments where I would rather sit and do nothing, but instead I force myself to get up. And so then that, that exhaustion, I feel those, those tired legs, that I would r- really rather rest. I kind of see that as a, some suffering that I can offer, um, as my vocation as a husband and father. So it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of in a way like prayerful suffering. Cause I'd rather relax, mm-hmm. but here I can push myself just a little bit more and offer that up as yet more prayer. Yeah, I think Kyle, that's uh, thanks for calling in. And I think that's a very holy thing that you're describing. And again, you, you have a vocation that demands certain sacrifices. Um, and each of us does in our own way. So I don't have young kids that I have to, um, you know, get involved in their lives the way you do, but I might have <clears throat> here at the seminary, maybe I need to put things that I want to do on hold in order to be present to a seminarian that is struggling right now. Or I'm thinking about a parish priest that might get up at two in the morning, three in the morning to go uh, anoint somebody who's dying in the hospital. So we all are called upon at times to, uh, make sacrifices, even even like prayer itself, uh, we might have to sacrifice for charity, for a greater good. As I'm saying this, I'm thinking of uh, St. Vincent de Paul in the Office of Readings, which is part of the Liturgy of the, of the Hours. On his feast day, there's a selection where he talks about, um, he says very explicitly, if you're at prayer in the chapel and you know a homeless person or somebody in great need um, is present at your door, 
when you get up from prayer and leave the chapel to go attend to that person, you're not leaving prayer or you're not leaving Christ. You know, you're just finding him. I'm paraphrasing now, but he's, but you're basically paraphrase or you're basically finding Christ in a different location or in a different way. You know, you were with him, let's say before the tabernacle and now you're in the Eucharist and now you're with him in this uh, suffering member of the body of Christ. So I want to say that to you that, yeah, you can, you can do these, this, you can be with your children in a prayerful, loving way. And that's, that's still, that's beautiful. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you for the call. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for the call. And, uh, yeah, God bless you and your continued dedication to your vocation Mm -hmm. as a husband and father. Definitely. Your, your, your boys are lucky to have a dad like that. So absolutely. Father, um, as we're talking about sloth and acedia today, so, uh, again, there's, there's something that's inherent or incumbent upon us to do to take on to practice in order to fight against the as Kyle's call kind of illustrates that particularly I'm interested in are there particular virtues that we should be pursuant after in order to fight off acedia yeah so I think you know one of the virtues is um, justice because what justice says is that but justice is basically giving to a person what is their due you know um, what they're owed. And when you think about how awesome God is and how generous and good God is to us, I mean, he's, he made us, he's redeemed us through the cross. He's beckoning us to spend eternity with him that like out of justice, we should be doing things like going to mass on Sundays and holy days of obligation. If not daily, we should be going to confession regularly so he can forgive our sins and make us holy and save us. Um, We should be men and women of prayer, even if that prayer is going to look different for the husband and wife with young children than it is for me. So part of the the virtue, one virtue that we want to really call upon is the virtue of justice. We want to kind of give God what he is owed, if I can put it that way, which which is a life of worship and a life of charity. There's also that virtue of magnanimity, and, and even the etymology of that word, magnanimity, large-souled or great-souled, you know, that we want to um, be men and women who are generous and who uh, are, are, yeah, just like have these souls that want to that want to serve the Lord. And so there's a certain zeal. Maybe that's another word that's more common, having yeah. a certain zeal. Uh, that's another virtue. Um, so I think, uh, you know, charity, zeal or magnanimity, justice, these are, um, virtues that we can cultivate and and we can't do them all on our own. We need God's help, but God also needs our help. He needs us to kind of build up these virtues through habits. And, um, and, and, you know, every day is a new opportunity. Uh, the patron of the seminary where I work, St. Francis de Sales, said, do not despair over your shortcomings. Start over each day. You make spiritual progress by continually beginning again and again. One of the insidious things about acedia, one of the lies of acedia is, you know what, for years now you've been very lukewarm in your faith. Um, you know, there's really no hope for you. You can't really change. And then we just kind of give up. So St. Francis de Sales is reminding us that every day is a new opportunity to choose the good, 
to mm. choose to love God and neighbor. And, you know, just as Rome wasn't built in a day, our spiritual life and heaven, our life in heaven isn't built in a day. Uh, it's little by little, you know, and don't let the, uh, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Just this very day, just start anew and do something, you know, small and keep building on that. And, and that, so I think just as acedia is kind of a slowly progressing vice, um, the antidote, these virtues are slowly progressing in us as we make small but very good choices. Yeah, well, it's a it's a great clarion call for, um, well, it's a reason why we do relevant radio, right? Why we do the inner life each day. It's just just yeah. enough for the journey for today, right? Give us this exactly. day our daily bread. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful advice, wonderful uh, sage wisdom from our spiritual director, Father Rob Kroll from St. Francis de Sales in Seminary in Milwaukee. As we're talking about sloth and acedia today, if you ever find yourself kind of spiritual, or, excuse me, sorrowful about spiritual things, if, you're, if you don't really have a lot of get up and go when it comes to participating in prayer or getting to mass, that sort of thing, that's sloth, that's acedia, and that's what we're talking about on the show. And if you have a way that you would advise others or maybe particular ways that you fight against that in your spiritual life, give us a call, join the conversation, 888 888- 914-9149. Our studio line is 888-914-9149. Our email address is relevantradio.com. Got more to come on the show. We're going to take another short break, but we'll be back with more of The Inner Life right after this on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, invites you to check out The Quest, a five-episode video series on discovering our purpose and living it with courage. Start watching The Quest for free at RelevantRadio.com slash quest. Every time I feel the Spirit moving in my heart, I will pray. Every time I feel the Spirit moving in my heart, I will pray. Uh, very good. Nat King Cole bringing us a spiritual truth. Every time I feel the Spirit moving in my heart, I will pray. And perhaps it's even incumbent upon us to pray when we don't necessarily feel the Spirit. We're talking about sloth and acedia today here on the program. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sentovich, our producer, and Thomas Engeser taking your phone calls today, and our spiritual director, Father Rob Kroll who is the uh, Jesuit priest and the director of spiritual formation at St. Francis de Sales Seminary in Milwaukee. So preventing against, I mean, let's get into some brass tacks here, Father. Preventing against sloth and acedia, maybe some practical steps, some some ways that we can prevent against, we can be on our guard against, and, and yeah, not see this take root mm-hmm. in our lives. Yeah. Well, I think it is going, in a, in a real sense, going back to the basics and the fundamentals. And so committing to some, some kind of a plan of life. And so I'd encourage our listeners to sit down and just to maybe map out for themselves how they allocate their time during, during the course of an average week. You know, how much time am I devoting to work, to, uh, you know, my family duties, to uh, leisure, uh, to various things, and then kind of seeing what, you know, what's balanced and what isn't. And then, and then really in terms of our spiritual life specifically, uh, making sure that we're committing to a certain amount of prayer every day, that we're getting to the sacraments regularly. I think spiritual reading, we haven't really mentioned that yet in the program, but I think spiritual reading can be a huge help because um, especially the lives of the saints, you know, we look at the lives of the martyrs. Uh, when we see kind of these her- heroes and heroines of our faith, they can give us a lot of 
inspiration and motivation, you know, and uh, not just because they uh, did all these wonderful things, but but it brought them great joy and meaning and purpose. Uh, that's what I think Acedia does is it kind of saps us of our fundamental like purpose in life, which is to love and serve God and ultimately to reach heaven. So going back to kind of the basics of what, what it's all about and then and then engaging in, in very basic duties and responsibilities to get there. I think too, just doing a, a healthy like look at our life in terms of um how what are the entertainments I'm engaged in and how many hours a week do those take uh of my life and things like using uh, use of devices, um time spent on social media. So just being having a real honesty about um what are those activities and those creatures in my life that tend to distract me from God and from uh, my my purpose in life and and how do I cut back on those and it's not necessarily that I have to eliminate all of it but I have to put some good um, boundaries around it so that I am making time for the things that really matter in my life so I think now those that, are those are some helpful things that good old uh, that good old screen time that comes up once a mm-hmm. week anyway you know how much time you're spending online and I guess it just is occurring to me now father but that's you know if there's a huge jump in screen time and it hasn't been because of any kind of productive or you know spiritually fruitful thing that's going on but rather distraction and entertainment that might be even something to carry into the confessional I would think um, that there might be some sure. prompting there to to confess some spiritual sloth or acedia. And one of the things you said, Father, you said that it saps us of our fundamental purpose in life. It moves us toward that state of despair, um, Mm -hmm. of despairing of the Lord's presence and provision in our life. But I do want to be careful, and I want to to point out that oftentimes one of the symptoms of something like clinical depression can be, you know, just a disinterest in the usual things that bring us joy in life and that sort of thing. But that's a little bit different than what we're talking about today, or are they interrelated? Uh, I think uh, that distinction is really worth making, uh, Patrick, because, yes, somebody who has an actual, um, you know, diagnosis of, let's say, clinical depression, I mean, that's not really in the area of, of sin. And and, uh, and and it can manifest similar to acedia or sloth. But I think what makes acedia or sloth a sin is that we have kind of chosen more willfully to neglect certain um, practices, and maybe we've intentionally um, lost sight of certain truths that that therefore result in kind of this spiritual listlessness and apathy and and sorrow and sadness. And and you're right, that's very different uh, from, you know, a a person who's dealing with clinical depression and and getting treatment for that. So, but I I think the spiritual life and the psychological life, they are related. And so, um, you know, perhaps acedia can lead to a certain at least a feeling of, of depression or, or sadness. Um, so yeah, but I think you're right. We don't want to, we don't want to burden somebody who's dealing with uh, depression as if they're therefore automatically, uh, have fallen into the sin of, of acedia. You know, one thing too, I might mention, uh, along with those other practices that I said, is I I came across a quote from uh, one of the fathers of the church, St. Athanasius. And he said this, he said, indeed, if we live, as if we were to die each new day, we shall not sin. When we awaken each day, we should think that we shall not live till evening. And again, when about to go to sleep, we should think that we shall not awaken. 
Now that mm. sounds pretty, uh, you know, like unattractive and dire, but <laughs> if you think about it, you know, the reality is we don't know when God's going to call us home. It could be this very day. Uh, many people do fall asleep and uh, don't wake up in the morning. And I think his point is well taken, and that is every day is a gift of God. Every day could be our last day. And so if I really believed that like this this day, uh, this Thursday was going to be my last day of life, I would certainly be very attentive to my spiritual life. I mean, I might get the confession. I might uh, pray, you know, with more fervor. Now, we can't you know, we can't realistically live every day as if it is our last. I mean, we kind of go about our lives assuming we're going to have one more day of life and we are going to wake up in the morning. But I think once in a while to contemplate our mortality uh, is very um, salutary because it kind of puts things in, in, in perspective. And, uh, and how many people do we know who maybe even ourselves, some of our listeners who might've had a major accident, you know, a car accident or something that where they had a brush with death and, and life, kind of takes on a new hue and a new right. meaning and, and we don't take it for granted. So I think, I think St. Athanasius is, is uh, advising something very healthy for us. Yeah. There. And right in accord with our gospel lesson for today as well. Stay awake for you do not know. Yes, stay awake. Day. Exactly. Yeah, the Lord will come. Exactly. Right. Very good. Right. Let's go back to the phones. Jose is calling in from Artesia, New Mexico. Jose, good morning. Thanks for calling the inner life. Hi. Um, what I wanted to contribute was that I am a 91-year-old uh, man, uh, handicapped, and uh, when I, I have to make small steps with either crutches or a walker, and uh, uh-huh. uh, I pray, you know, I take St. Paul's and pray always, and with each step I say, I combine uh, St. Thomas's, you know, my Lord and my God, and uh, and uh, and St. Francis's, my God and my all. And so with every step I say, my Jesus, my Lord, and my God, and my all. My Jesus, my Lord, my God, and my all, as I walk with small steps. Wow, Jose, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, that that's really beautiful and very holy. And uh, if only we kind of lived every moment, you know, with that sense of, of gratitude and dependence on God. Um, I, th- I think you're, you're well on your way to uh, being the saint that God wants you to be, and and that's great advice. I, you know, I gave a talk here at the seminary last week, Friday, we had a day of recollection for the whole seminary and it was on gratitude. And, and I quoted uh, CK Chesterton and he said, um, you know, children thank Santa Claus for putting candy and treats and gifts in their stockings. Do I thank God that I have two healthy legs that I can put in my stockings, you know? And I kind of joked with the seminarians, you know, maybe as we walk around the seminary on this day of recollection, what if if with every step we said, thank you, you know, left foot, thank right foot, you left foot. Thank you. Thank. And that's kind of what you're doing. You know, (laughs) you're, you're, you're you're with every step you're praising God and glorifying him. And so anyway, thanks for sharing that testimony. It's, it's really, that's awesome. Amen to that. Thanks for the call, Jose. And uh, yeah, keep praying, keep praying. And we we will, yeah, see the fruits of that in our lives if we only uh, commit ourselves to doing something similar. Father, just in the last couple of minutes we have remaining here before we ask for your blessing, one of the things that I don't know that we've mentioned, but what about the role of the community, the church, the people around us? How can how can we lean on them um, to help us combat sloth? And how can we help others to combat sloth in their lives? Yeah, that's really important, Patrick, because if we try to live any, you know, virtue or become a saint uh, by ourselves, we're we're not going to get very far. So I think, you know, that's that's why I think, uh, 
you know, going to mass, not, you know, not just because it's Scott and I being there, but, but being part of this community and, and then also, you know, doing things like, um, you know, maybe a Bible study or going on a retreat with others. Um, having, I, I know a lot of the seminarians here where I work, they join a fraternity group where four or five of them will come together every other week and they'll share their lives together. So that, and, and then on a day when I'm feeling kind of slothful, um, you know, I've got a companion there to kind of, uh, motivate me and say, come on, let's go, let's do this together. Just like going back to your reference with the gym, you know, we often yeah. do better when we go to the gym with somebody else, you know, and we, we encourage, yeah, we encourage one another. So I think in the spiritual life, that's huge. So I would encourage people who are listening to, yeah, just find, even if it's just one good companion that you can, you know, have coffee with once a week and just talk about your spiritual lives. Um, that that goes a long way. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Very good. Always, always room for the body of Christ to function in that way. And maybe mm-hmm. just while we're at it, too, um, you mentioned leisure in there. And one of the things I think it's important to emphasize, too, is that factoring in appro- time for appropriate leisure is actually part of the spiritual life, right? We need to learn how to do Sabbath well, and that can even help us combat acedia. Very much so. And, and you know, we think about keeping the Sabbath holy just meaning I got to get to Mass for an hour on Sunday, but that's it's much more than that. It is refraining from as much as we can. And I realize, you know, again, people maybe work on Sundays, so then maybe they have to make their Sabbath another day. But but kind of having a day of the week where we're, we're engaged in more leisure, spending time with family and friends, uh, you know, uh, doing appropriate, you know, things like watching, uh, I'm watching the U S open a little bit now than tennis. Cause that's my thing, but mm. yeah, just finding ways to, to kind of step back from work and just be again, you know, realize that we're, we're human beings and not just human doings, you know? Mm. So, um, so I think, yeah, that's that, that leisure. We don't, we don't, I don't think we do that very well. And, and often when we do do leisure, it, it can be again, more, uh, you know, ways of entertaining ourselves that aren't really restful and, and relaxing, they, right. they leave us more depleted, you know. So, right. so yeah, learning how to do holy leisure is really, uh, really important. So. Yeah, going out for a walk and uh, in nature or in a city park or something like that, and uh, do right. it, like you said, Father. Thank you, thank you for mm-hmm. feet to be able to put into our mm-hmm. stockings, and like Jose's call <laughs> right. as well. It's good right. stuff. And there's, um, we pray that this had been an hour that's really been fruitful and productive in your spiritual life and combating sloth mm-hmm. and acedia. And uh, we're grateful to our spiritual director, Father Rob Kroll, who has been our been our guide throughout this conversation today. Father Kroll, if you if you would, we would love a blessing from you before we go. Sure, Heavenly Father, I ask you to please send down your Holy Spirit upon all of us who have been listening this hour, and help us to be zealous in serving you and loving you and our neighbor. Uh, encourage us and build us up and may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon us and remain with us forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father Kroll. We've been talking about sloth and acedia today. As always, if you'd like to listen again or share, or he talked about making a plan of life. That was yesterday's show. All of our archive shows are available at relevantradio.com slash inner life. So listen again and share those share those shows with others there. Tomorrow on the program, being pro-life Catholics with our spiritual director, Father Carter Griffin. Hope you can join us. Until then, grace and peace.